Hey guys, and welcome back to another episode of the Fanboy Comics Podcast. Of course, I am your host, Clay, and today, today is Friday. Today is Friday. I have so many different things up that is not retained to Friday, so I'm going to have to switch that here in a second. But I just wanted to say also thank you for those who are just now joining us for the very first time on this show please, please go ahead and press that subscribe button and make sure to share the show. Um, I really love doing this, um, especially, you know, reading new stories that I've never read before. Uh, Today, we're going to be dealing with uh, Ultimate X-Men and, of course, the Injustice series. Um, Injustice is a series that I've loved video game-wise, but I never dug deep into the comics. And I think the only time I really tried to dug deep into the comics was when Injustice 2 came out. I read like the first 10 issues, maybe. But um, we are, are, of course, starting at the very beginning. And right now, we are actually going to end this week, uh, year two of Injustice. So that's going to be fun. Uh, And I really did, surprisingly, enjoy a lot of the X-Men stuff that we are going to be talking about tonight. But like I said, go ahead and share the podcast. Um, uh, Subscribe if you haven't already. And uh, let's go ahead and get on with the show. It's going to be, I believe, issues, come on, remember, remember, 7 through 14 on Ultimate X-Men. And we are going to be talking about issues, uh, come on, come on, remember, remember, issues 19 through the annual number one of year two in Justice League, uh, or Injustice, sorry. It is late. It is 2 a.m. I don't know why I try to record so late, but we will see. All right. I will be right back with uh, Ultimate X-Men. All right. So starting with issue seven, uh, we do open up with a really cool chasing regarding uh, Nightcrawler. He is escaping a facility owned by uh, Weapon X, and we quickly find out that uh, Weapon X actually works for S.H.I.E.L.D. At the end of that chase, unfortunately, Nightcrawler does get captured again. And that was a really big bomb for me, you know, for somebody who, I mean, I I dabbled in a lot of Spider-Man and a lot of random Daredevil and a lot of random, like, Moon Knight, some obscure characters in comics before, But I've never really, you know, that's the whole reason why I wanted to start this podcast is to read the stories that I've never heard uh, heard before and to learn more about the universe. Uh, And of course, because the uh, the resourcefulness of the MCU, you know, in the movies, uh, S.H.I.E.L.D. for me was known as this government agency that was for the good guys and to see Weapon X the bad guys working for the good guys. It's just like, that's weird. Like having a and and you can chop it up to having like a corrupt sector in a government government organization, but it's still like wow that is that is something that is happening that is interesting. So we do see that um, we see that Wolverine and Xavier are trying to look for different facilities with um, Weapon X, trying to learn more about. Wolverine's past and things like that and uh, we also see that the rest of the X-Men are in Tokyo 
they're doing some PR in Tokyo because nobody will let them really be on the air in the U.S. Because the U.S. are just a whole bunch of racist assholes, is, is all I can say, basically. But we do see a glimpse of Rogue here. She steals, or she uses her power uh, to get some information from Colossus. And, um, you know, they... Uh, it shows that Rogue is actually working for Weapon X. Um, now, on issue number eight, let's see here. Issue number eight is actually uh, a story of Wolverine and uh, Cyclops. Starts off with them uh, busting this uh, dude. What's his name? His name is. Uh can't remember his name Boris his name is Boris and they they are basically threatening this guy because he at one point hired Colossus like because like you know of course they're Russian or whatever but he is threatening Colossus if he doesn't come back to work for him he's gonna threaten his family and Wolverine's like, ah, hell no, that's not gonna happen. So he's kind of like doing the 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 dirty cop kind of thing, the bad cop kind of thing, and is like, hey, let me let's renegotiate that contract that you signed with with Peter. And we get a small glimpse that now Storm and Beast are dating, and you know it kind of gets into this like sappy little thing that you know. Uh, Hank has never really had a girlfriend before because girls just don't date people like him. And in the sense of like the nerdy, fat, you know, kid, whatever. And Storm is like, you're just a normal person just like anybody else. I, I am a normal person just like everybody else. Uh, and, you know, they end up making out or whatever. Uh, we see that Bobby was visiting family. But unfortunately, he kind of opened his mouth to this girl back at home and now Xavier's like okay now should we wipe both of their memories should we only wipe his memory is it ethical to do so you know to keep us safe and things like that but we actually do see when Peter mentions the girl you know his girlfriend to him Bobby's like wait what are you talking about what girl so you now find out like, oh shit, they actually went through with it. That's crazy. And then Weapon X shows up at the freaking mansion, at the, you know, institute, and takes everybody out. Now the only one who wasn't there is Wolverine. Now the really heartbreaking thing here is, you know, you get the the little clip show of the other heroes or the other mutants that are working for Weapon X. You see Sabretooth, you see Juggernaut. But it's unfortunate you also see Nightcrawler. You know, he was trying to escape and now he's forced to work with them. So you do see Nightcrawler. Uh, and Bobby does this really badass thing where he freezes every single person in Weapon X. Uh, but then Rogue gets the upper hand by, you know, sneaking up on him. And they take everybody out. Like, they, they capture everybody at the end of that issue. And here in... Issue 9, uh, we see that uh, the team is now, of course, uh, working with 
Weapon X forcefully. And, you know, uh, we see General Ross here uh, for the very first time. And he, of course, works for the government as well, uh, military. And I guess the Weapon X is some sort of uh, sub uh, tier of wherever General Ross is working. And he, like, this uh, this guy, uh, General... What's his name? Uh, crap. Uh... The, the the main guy who is uh, uh, capturing all the mutants. I can't remember his name. Jeez. Um, this is embarrassing. Uh, Wraith. Yeah. Is it Commander Wraith or, or General? I, I can't remember his actual title. But he is like are you freaking serious like the president actually like liked these people and now you captured them like what the f you know f is your problem and he's like oh don't worry like like we we are so above the president right now we're good just just trust me we are good and they go on to a mission and the scariest thing here is that uh they did some experimentation on Hank, and now he finally has the blue skin because of that uh, that experimentation. And they finally go on to this mission. They are trying to capture, they're trying to rescue a captured Nick Fury. And at the very end, uh, Wraith had actually told General Ross that they killed Xavier. But at the end, you find out that that's not exactly true. And that they are going to use, excuse me, some sort of Cerebro to their needs. And at the very end, you see uh, Wolverine just randomly in the snow. And the next few issues, uh, honestly, is just a, uh, a freaking... What's the, what's the term? Uh... Like, they are, uh, well, that mission that I was talking about earlier, um, you do see the insides of that. Uh, you see the manipulation that Wraith is using to control the X-Men. Um, he actually forces uh, Marvel Girl, uh, Jean Grey, to kill somebody in order to save uh, Cyclops, which is really heartbreaking, but it will come to, like, it, it will actually become a factor in the story, you know, going forward, and, you know, everybody's like, you know, Bobby talks to Peter, and is like, we're gonna die here, like, this is horrible, like, I know we've been stuck in places before, but this, like, this feels different, and Peter's like, Colossus, of course, is like, dude, like, just, just hear me out, like, you know, we have, there's this friend that was captured by these horrible people, and then was taught the the love of humanity and then those same people that captured him captured his friends do you really think that fr that person is not gonna you know freaking break down walls to try to find us and of course he's talking about wolverine and Sabretooth's like eh, i don't think you should get you know your hopes up because uh we just captured him and then at the very end we see a like completely burned up almost mutilated 
Wolverine being dra dragged by some uh, people from Weapon X. And in issue 11 is a, a flashback, a little bit of a flashback, I think, for the majority of the story. Or at least in the beginning, anyway, sorry. Uh, in the beginning, uh, we see uh, how Wolverine and Nick Fury kind of have a past. And uh, they were in, where are they? They're in Q8, uh, Q8. And, uh, you know, their convoy, uh, Nick Fury's convoy was ambushed. And they actually had Wolverine in an animantium cage that, you know, got, he got broken out of. And Wolverine ended up killing, like, all these, uh, uh, who are they? Who are they? They are, uh, uh what is it? Uh, hold on. Um, um, I d I don't want to get the the pe like the incorrect uh, ethnicity of these people. Um, uh, I cannot remember who they were. Uh, well, they call them Iraqis, so I, uh, I, I guess so. So they, they call them Iraqis. Um, so Wolverine just kills all these guys, and then Nick Fury was trying to play dead. And, of course, Wolverine could still smell that he was, you know, his blood was still flowing, and he's like, oh, I, I, I should have, you know, I should have known that you would have smelt me out. And he's like, I'm I'm ready to die if you're willing if you're willing to kill me. Uh, just leave my face for my mother, basically. And then the U.S. military tries to find, of course, Wolverine and Nick Fury. And the guy in charge is like, oh, well, you know, missing missing soldiers are a dime a dozen. But Wolverine, on the other hand, he is a weapon and we need to get him back. And all of a sudden you see Wolverine carrying Nick Fury just outside the convoy like, about to bring him out, and then they just collapse, because, you know, he's been walking for quite some time, and this general, uh, comes up, and just shoots Wolverine in the back several times, they rescue Nick Fury, and, uh, it comes back into the present, and Nick Fury has a message on his phone that says, hey Nick, it's me, listen carefully, I don't have much time. And so it goes back into the Weapon X facility. You see all the mutants captured. And Wraith actually interrupts uh, General Ross in a meeting. And he's like, hey, uh, is it true that uh, that Weapon X is going to be uh, is is going to be taken away from the government and we're just going to lose all of our jobs? And Ross is like, are you freaking kidding me? We're in a very important meeting and you want to discuss financials like right now. He's like, yeah, I have, like, this many people in this facility that are going to lose their jobs. Like, we need to know. And he's like, well, you know, if you really want to know, then yes. We are definitely going to uh, dismiss Weapon X. And all of the mutants that you have under your control are going to be rehoused, compensated for their duty. And, you know, basically, like, showing that, hey, we're not going to be horrible human beings like you have been. 
And Wraith is like, yeah, that's not gonna work because uh, these mutants are not people and we need to make sure that we are safe as the human race. So, uh, so yeah, I'm gonna go ahead and do what I need to do. And he blows up the facility that General Ross is in. And I can assume that General Ross is dead now in the Ultimate Universe. And that is kind of crazy. But then we do see a, uh, a Professor Xavier in a really weird, like, almost floating chair uh, like Cerebro. And he has the helmet. And Wraith said that he nailed the helmet to his head. Which is crazy to think about. But, uh, you know, uh, we see Wolverine and Sabretooth and a whole bunch of Weapon X soldiers uh, out, like, in the snow. And uh, freaking Sabretooth is like, hey, look, this is your old file with all of your past. And I think there's a picture of your father in here. I'm not really sure. But you know what? This this is what I think of your past. And he, like, sets it on fire that like, really angers Wolverine, because Wolverine has been trying to find his past this entire time, and, you know, they gun him down, and he's just grinning this entire time, and Sabretooth is not liking it at all, he's like, why are you, why are you doing this, why are you smiling, there's nothing to smile about, I have the upper hand, what is wrong with you, and it cuts back to, uh, the actual facility of Weapon X, and Wraith and this doctor are talking, he's like, hey, uh, I looked at Wolverine's x-rays recently, and there seems to be something in his lower intestine. And Wraith looks at it, and he's like, you son of a bitch, why didn't you say anything beforehand? This is a tracking device. Immediately, power goes out. Like, all the cells uh, are immediately opened for the mutants. And one of the soldiers is like, Hey, just because you're out of your cells doesn't mean I can't blow your brains out because they ha they put bombs in their heads. And all of a sudden you hear somebody say, uh, not when they uh, aren't in their heads anymore. And you turn the page and you see the Brotherhood of Evil, Magneto's Brotherhood of Evil. And you see Wanda with all of the bombs in her hand. Don't know how she did it, but that is kind of cool. Uh... So now we see the Brotherhood of Evil Mutants and the X-Men teaming up to take down Weapon X. And there's also a huge fight um, with Wolverine and Sabretooth uh, out in the forest. Uh, we do see Wraith shoot Xavier uh, two or three times. And the reason why is because the doctor was like, well, if you should have any concern of anybody... It should be of Xavier when he wakes up. And Wraith is like, wait, why would he be waking up? Like, I thought you did this. He's like, yeah, I did. But that is powered by the electricity that is now out. Like, we we, we, we need to get this back up. He's like, oh, no, don't worry. And he shoots him. But that doctor has a conscience and is actually trying to save uh, Professor Xavier. And Beast actually comes in and, like, is about to rip the doctor's arms off, basically. And he's like, Hank, just shut up and help me save your friend. And so, you know, these two different fights, of course, the one with uh, the Brotherhood and the X-Men and Wolverine and Sabretooth basically take the entire 
excuse me, the entire issue. And the Brotherhood of Evil is kind of egging on the X-Men to like wreak havoc and kill people and things like that. And Colossus is attempting to break down the entire building, of course, because of his strength. And he's like, it's really weird. Like my, I'm telling my body to do this one simple task and I can't do it. And Jean is like, because I'm stopping you. And I am stopping most of you uh, if you attempt to do this. She's like, you know, everything that the professor taught us, it's all for nothing if we just kill all these people. And, you know, the only person that really voices it out is Rogue. And she is about to take out Jean Grey. Iceman stops her. And then Storm is like, no, F you guys. Like, these people need to die. They did so many things to us. And Scott is like, if you do anything, it's still not going to help Hank look normal. Or it's not going to change his skin. And that just furiates her. Immediately furiates her. And she electrocutes the helicopter that Wraith was trying to escape in. And it explodes. But literally milliseconds before the explosion happens, Nightcrawler grabs Wraith and then pops back. And, you know, he even tells uh, Storm in German because he still can't speak English. So uh, Quicksilver actually translates. He says... He said, enough lives have been ruled, uh, have been ruined in this horrible place, and he wasn't going to let John Wraith turn you into a killer too, Storm. And I think that's really, really cool. And so, like, Wraith was about to kill Nightcrawler with a gun. He's like, I'm going to savor this moment for, you know, for years and years being able to kill one of you guys. And he is immediately shot. And he's shot by Nick Fury. And then you find out that Nick Fury was actually called in by Wolverine. And at the end, there's a small conversation between G, between Jean and Xavier about, you know, how proud he is that he, that she didn't kill anybody and how, you know, she talked everybody out of killing anybody. And he said, what does he said? He said, uh, uh. It's going to be magnificent when we're all living under the same roof uh, at last, don't you think? And he even mentioned, he says here, the only surprise was Nightcrawler uh, going back home to uh, Bavaria. But I expect it's only a matter of time before he joins us here with Magneto and the others. And Gene was like, "Um, you just mentioned Magneto. Are you sure you're feeling okay? Like he's dead. You killed him. And Professor, uh, he says, I never told anyone that I killed Magneto. Uh, murder is the one line we must never cross. And she's like, you're joking, right? Like, Professor, like, you, 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 need, you need to tell me you're not joking. And that's how it ends. In uh, issues 13 and 14 were a really cool story with Gambit. Of course, Gambit is one of my favorite uh, X-Men, if not my favorite X-Men. And it's the story about this little girl who witnessed the murder of her parents. Uh, That murderer is uh, Hammerhead. And she witnesses Gambit doing, like, these card tricks on, you know, the sidewalk. And so she immediately thinks that he can do magic. And so she runs up to him and she's like, hey, you know, you, you need to do the magic. You need to help me do magic. You need to help me do magic. 
and he's like why and he's she's like well just follow me and he goes to the crime scene where all these uh all these police officers and reporters and stuff are at the dock and he sees the two dead bodies and it's so heartbreaking and he's like i'm so sorry like that i can't do that and she's like you can do magic to bring them back like can't you can't you why don't you go get Dumbledore? She's only a kid. She doesn't know these people aren't real. But she's like, why don't you go get Dumbledore? Like, he's probably really far. Or even Harry Potter, he's just learning. But, you know, and it just, like, breaks your heart, dude. It genuinely breaks your heart. And, you know, there was this moment here that, uh, you know, they are going around town. And, you know, they try to steal food. And they're able to, but, like, uh, she kind of messed it up. And she's like, oh, well, I thought, you, like, isn't lying bad? Why would you tell me to lie in front of people? And he's like, well, we're lying to try to survive. And then, you know, they're sitting on the side of the street. And these two people are like, hey, do you want a place to, you know, stay for the night? And, of course, you, you can definitely tell these people are probably volunteers or, uh, or somewhat in charge of a homeless shelter of some kind and gambit's like yeah no no like we're we're good we're good we're, we're not going to do that and they end up finding an abandoned subway train like in the tunnels down below in the subway and you know she can he can clearly see that she has some trauma and so like she's scared and they sleep together uh, you know, she, he is like holding her cause she is so terrified and it even shows a little bit of his past about how he has some trauma. And when he wakes up, there is a little note and it says, don't come looking for her, let it go. And Gambit just like releases all of this kinetic energy because that is his, his, uh, I almost said quirk. I'm thinking about here, my hero academia, but that is his, uh, mutant power. And I thought, like, it just shows raw emotion. I love the uh, the splash page at the very end. Uh, and issue 14 was basically his journey to finding Hammerhead. Uh, really, really cool. He does a lot of detective work, and he kind of, like, ruffles some people up. Um, but it gets to the point of this really badass fight at the very end. And he ends up saving her. And he takes him he takes her this little girl uh to those two individuals that you had seen last issue with the homeless shelter and it's really sweet he's like hey you want to see some magic i can make you fly like mary poppins with this umbrella and he uses his kinetic kinetic energy to make her go flying and like he says hold on really tight and close your eyes so and what ends up happening is by the time she comes back down he's gone so again, another heartbreaking moment, but, you know, then it shows her in a nice cozy bed and she's like, why did he leave? What did I do wrong? And so she's blaming herself. And again, another heartbreaking moment. And you're just like, oh man, that, that just sucks. You know, uh, she's so young. She doesn't understand, but before she can really say anything else, uh, one really cool thing is that I didn't talk about is that the be near the beginning of the, uh, issue 13, when he was doing the card tricks, he made the a he made a uh, a card of hearts. I don't know if it was specific or whatnot, but he made it like burst into flames and like it made a shape of a heart. 
Well, he does the exact same thing here, but all you see is the card. You don't see him. So it's kind of like this, like, hey, I'm still thinking of you. I'm still close by type thing. So I think that was really, really cool. But um, that is it for the Ultimate X-Men for this week. Uh, Next, of course, is going to be our Injustice Stories. So let's go ahead and jump right into that right now. We're going to be talking about issues number 19 through 24 and the additional uh, annual number one for that year, too. All right. So um, Injustice year two, number 19. Uh, This one started um, with, of course, we saw... Uh, Harley and Catwoman and Gordon, their little team on the regime, uh, they had actually uh, infiltrated the Hall of Justice and taken down Flash and Robin. And we cut to the second team being Huntress and uh, Batwoman uh, going into Ferris Air with some aircrafts. And we see Carol. We see Carol calling Hal and was like, hey, uh, the regime is here and they're attacking the facility. And so Hal immediately runs over there. Guy sees him and runs after him. And then, of course, Sinestro sees them flying off. So he follows them as well. And Hal immediately shuts down one plane with Huntress in it. And, you know... He's like, hey, Carol, are you okay? Are you okay? And then Guy comes in and is like, hey, no, 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 no. You need to back away from her. Like, this, like, you're not going to involve her, you know, type of thing. That's when Sinestro comes with two of his lanterns. They attack Guy. And they're about to kill him. But somebody protects him, that person being Ganthet, uh, the Guardian. And so Ganthet is, you know, shows himself being a complete badass. And, you know, not being touched by anything that the Sinestro Corps is able to do. And Guy takes the initiative to save the only human bystander and picks up Carol and is like, hey, I need to get you out of here. And Hal's like, you let her go, you know. And, like, for me, I can understand why Hal's like, oh, you're trying to take her for, like, collateral? Like, you're trying to, like, what do you want to do with her? But, like... How, like, I know nobody's thinking in their right mind. Nobody's thinking in their right mind at the moment. But, like, you're so far up in the sky. Do you really want to play, you know, a game of tug of war as Carol being the rope, you know? And so he knocks out Guy while holding on to Carol. And then freaking Ganthet was like, Hal, you are a big disappointment to the. To the Green Lantern Corps, you are no longer worthy. And he takes away the Green Lantern ring. And so he screams for Sinestro and he's like, hey, you need to save Carol. And Sinestro's like, no, you need to save her yourself. And he like presents a yellow ring. And he's uh, he says, uh, Sinestro says, don't be ridiculous. This isn't a moral thing. You're powerless. Carol will die. You need to save her. And so he puts on the yellow ring and he saves her. And it's just like, now I know. But at the same time, is it really worth it in the sentiment of, like, 
what it'll mean at the end of all of this. So, uh, we see that the Green Lantern Corps and the Sinestro Corps, they have really uh, taken the fight all over the world instead of being close-knit like Bruce wanted it to be. And so he's trying to get these, you know, them to, like, come back and, like, regroup. But Oracle notices that Cyborg is tracing them, you know, is tracing Oracle. And that's when uh, Lex Luthor and Gordon show up. Of course, Lex is pretending to be incapacitated while Gordon has his gun drawn to Cyborg. And (laughs) Cyborg's like, come on, we're in outer space. You'd be stupid to shoot your gun. Uh, He says, we're in a space station. There's no way you'd fire a weapon in. And right before he could say anything else, Gordon shoots at him and shoots at the metal part of like his forehead. And he says, you want to make any other assumptions? Because like if uh, he says, stop the trace or the next bullet is on the soft side of your face. And I'm like, Jesus, dude. And, you know, Cyborg's like, you know what? I don't actually have to do anything. I just have to wait here. And he starts to analyze Gordon. And you immediately see that he's, like, dying right then and there. And uh, Cyborg shoots him because Gordon, like, pursues him and, like, goes forward, lunges at him. And, of course, he took the pill. And, you know, the, the strengthening pill... And he says, I won't let you find her. He knocks freaking Cyborg out and rips the part of his like metal face off and is basically taking Cyborg offline, you know, temporarily um, to stop the trace. And so Bruce and Barbara are in, you know, Gotham like, okay, did they did they, you know, find us out? What's going on? What do we do? And Oracle is looking at it, and she's like, well, I think they only traced it as close to Gotham City. They didn't really find out anything else. And so, uh, you know, Lex, you know, talks to Gordon. He's like, hey, did you know, did you know that the pills were going to increase your cancer? And Gordon's like, I knew, but what choice did I have? And he ends up having a very intimate conversation with oracle with barbara you know on a separate channel with batman and this i'm probably gonna have to talk about this like word for word i will say i did get choked up at this moment um this was something that just hit really like really really close to home uh well not not close to home in the sense of i've had this happen to me but just like you know a really sad moment as far as like I, I, I don't know, like, for, for me, I, I'm i just now recently uh, getting back into a formal relationship with my father. I didn't speak to him for, like, eight years, and so, like, I didn't even know if the dude was alive, you know, for that whole eight years, you know? So, like, this, I can, you know, have those thoughts of, like, oh, shit, like, this is scary, like, losing somebody you love, and... He talks about like Barbara. I wish you could see this. And he's looking. He's now teleported into the Watchtower, so he's looking at Earth, and he says, "It looks so beautiful from up here. You can't see any fear or violence or hatred, just like calm." And 
He says Superman is a criminal, nothing more. He can't be allowed to hold all of this in his hands. And Batman says, no, he won't. Uh, We won't let him. And he's like, it's so great to hear your voice, uh, Batman. And he says, it's Bruce. And he said, no, it's never been Bruce. And Batman says, no, it's been an honor to serve you, uh, to serve Gotham with you. And he says, keep serving her. And Gordon, uh, or, or Gordon, uh, Barbara Oracle, she says, Dad, Bullock is standing by. Just get to the teleporter. And he says, I'm sorry, I can't. But you're strong. You always have been. Stay strong. The resistance needs you. I love you. I'm sorry. I have to go. And she says, you know, please don't. And she says, Batman, I guess I guess I get to disappear on you for once. And he calls out to him. He said, the Bruce, he says, Jim. Jim and it says to be continued and it's just like a really heartbreaking moment dude like just like that moment where you're just like I want there to be good in this story and I'm not saying the story is bad but I'm saying just it almost has the complete absence of like literal good in the in like their actions like nothing that nobody's getting the upper hand Everybody's just getting beaten or evil is just winning. And it sucks. It sucks so much because I know where the Injustice game started. And I know that this book is prob- It's basically how they are getting there. And I'm just like, man, like, why? Like, I want there to be some good. I want there to be a hurrah moment. I want there to be smiles and things like this. And this is genuinely just like a story about an evil Superman. And it just hurts me so much. It really does. But on to the next chapter. Um, we see, of course, Hal and Sinestro now in the you know Yellow Lantern Corn uh, together. And we see uh, Black Canary get into the, uh, the Batplane. And Bruce tells her, hey... You need to be careful. It's lead-lined. And she says, why would I need to be careful? You know, if Superman can't see me. He says, well, he might think you're me. And so, uh, we see Ganthet, like, destroy a shit ton. Or, well, not a shit ton. Not yet. Uh, he's, he destroys the two other random lanterns that were uh, with Sinestro. You know, the, the yellow Sinestro core. Or the Yellow Lanterns. And he goes... Ganthet goes to attack Superman. And when they hit Earth's atmosphere... That's when Canary attacks him. And he immediately thinks Bruce. And so he uses his heat vision. The plane explodes. And then he hears the Canary cry. She has a bat jet pack. And uses her Canary cry all the way to get him... uh, to the ground and that's the end of the issue but it opens up with uh with her uh you know still they they are both down uh and you know she's this like this is the ultimate badass of freaking canary because superman's like oh i'm so sorry i never wanted to hurt you i never wanted to hurt anyone she's like just shut up like you want me to feel sorry for you? You're the most 
powerful thing on earth. Stop pretending that someone else is to blame. It's pathetic. You have supervision. You're telling me you can't see the evil, murdering dictator you've become? I'm just glad Lois died before she saw you like this. And I was like, oh, shit. Like, she went there. She literally went there. And he's like, you don't get to talk about Lois. And uh, she says, do you remember what I told you at Ollie's funeral? And then there's a bang. And she shot him with the kryptonite bullet. And she says, you weren't fast enough, were you? And she, like, kicks him down and says, I promised Batman I would give you mercy. And uh, I would give you the mercy that you denied Ollie. And this is when Ganthet kills basically every Yellow Lantern, you know, besides Hal and Sinestro. He's able to take down Shazam. It shows the rest of the team uh, how they took down uh, and and captured Damien. They captured Flash. And before you know it, freaking a yellow lantern ring like immediately goes on to Superman's finger. A construct comes out and pulls the kryptonite bullet out. And Superman heat visions freaking Canary's stomach all the way through. And so she looks like she's dead. That's how that ends. And so you immediately see in the next one, uh, you see uh, Superman being this complete badass. You know, just standing there over canary and you know she is still conscious she's able you know she's able to look at her uh look at superman and say you lose i have contact lenses that recorded everything everyone saw everything uh she says you're being streamed around the world you don't get to hide behind your uh, uh facade any longer you might win the war you might kill all those who tried to stop you but everyone will know what you are you're no longer uh, you, you know, uh, they'll know you're no longer their savior. The whole world will fear you. And the only thing to that is now the entire world is feared by Superman and the yellow lantern rings are powered by fear. So like, and that will play a part at the very end of the story. But, uh, Jon Stewart is trying to stop all the fighting and Sinestro is like, like, hey, you need to calm down. Like, imagine what is going on here. The Guardians don't have your you or the world, you know, at heart. Just think about it. You're an architect. Like, think about this. And he, John Stewart says, I, I can't do it. I can't, I can't think the Guardians are such bad people as you think they are. And he says. Yeah, you know what? I know you can't. I know you, you. I know that you are just so pure of heart, or whatever. And he stabs freaking John Stewart through the chest and kills him. And he is immediately holding on to him. He's still in his like Green Lantern suit or whatever, but he runs to Jordan. He's like, "Oh my God, look, look what happened. He needs medical attention." Like again, like he did, like he did with uh freaking Despero. Like, in a couple issues prior. And it's just like, dude, this dude with manipulation is crazy. 
and before John could do before Hal could do anything with John, the ring slips off his finger and you know starts to scan for a suitable replacement. And so like Hal is pissed. He's like, who did this? Who did this? And Sinestro's like, oh, that was Guy Gardner. Like Jordan was just trying to stop all the fighting and Guy just couldn't he couldn't do it. He couldn't, you know, face the fact that he was wrong and so he killed John Stewart. And so now Hal is like super pissed. He runs to Guy, he punches the crap out of him, and he is holding him by the neck and he's holding him by his broken arm. And Sinestro's like, you need to kill Guy. You need to kill him. And Guy's like, this isn't you. This is the ring. Hal, you can still be the best of us. And Hal Jordan rips off Guy's arm, the arm that had his Green Lantern ring. And, of course, he turns back into his civilian clothes. And Jordan just drops him and lets him die. And this is effing nuts. So freaking crazy to know that, like, Hal has fallen so much. And this is where Superman starts to realize, like, these people, like, they fear Superman. And now he is fueled by fear. Like, he is no longer, like, he's going to be unstoppable. And so Superman, like you, you see Ganthet try to basically kill Superman, and it's it's not doing a thing, nothing, not doing a single thing. He grabs Ganthet by the neck, freaking throws him against uh, Mogo, and then pushes him and Mogo into the freaking sun, and kills them. And it's just like, holy crap. And Sinestro says, it's done. And Hal's like, well, what have we done? And Sinestro says, what we set out to do, and we saved the world. And when it says save the world, you just see the piles of bodies that are left on Earth. And it's disgusting, and it's scary. And you just have to think, this is what has become of our favorite heroes. And there is an epilogue here. You see the body of Black Canary. And you see Dr. Fate just come up. And he... And I am I have to say it just because of the, the strength of the word here. He takes off the helmet. And he looks at the helmet and he says, Fuck Fate. And the next thing you know, Canary wakes up in a cabin... Connor is there, and the person carrying Connor is Oliver Queen. And she's like, I, what is happening? And Fate said, the Oliver Queen of this earth lost his Diana five years ago. The two of you have never met. I can't guarantee you happiness, but I can give you each other. And Canary's like, but on my world, Superman, and he's like, I won't take you back there. I have already broken too many rules. And you have sacrificed enough. He's like, goodbye. He even says goodbye to the baby. Calls him, of course, Connor. And he says, I wish you a happy life. And Oliver's like, whoa, wait, wait. Connor? I've always loved that name. And she says, I know. And it's so beautiful because the last words is from Ollie. He looks at Canary and he says, hello, pretty bird. 
And that's just that. Like this moment, you know, I talked about how like there's no good moments. This was the good moment. This is the only, I feel like this will probably only be the good moment uh, that we ever get from this. And I I enjoyed it. I really, really did. Uh, that is the end of year two. Uh, there is a uh, annual here that we're going to be talking about. Uh, this one basically takes place uh, before year two, number eight, and is basically a story about how uh, uh, Oracle and Gordon, uh, Commissioner, see that the cameras have noticed or have fac- facial recognized, excuse me, uh, Barbara Gordon, the, you know, the first Barbara Gordon, Gordon's wife, basically. And they're like, wait, she's dead. That's impossible. She's dead. She's dead. And so Gordon goes to investigate and he sees her and he's like, oh my gosh, I can't believe it's you. They hug, they embrace, and it's actually Clayface. And then Clayface is like, I'm sorry. I, you know, pretended to be her, but I I can give you closure. I know where they buried her body. And he takes, uh, he takes Gordon to her, and it seems that Clayface is going to be part of the team. And so, you know, they take precautions or whatever, and then all of a sudden you see Clayface pretending to be Nightwing, and Barbara is not okay with it whatsoever. And then, uh, so Barbara's like, oh, I, like, I, I understand what this is. Your DNA had traces of Kryptonian you have been with Superman. He wanted you to infiltrate us. And he's like, yep. And he wanted me to be the people that you loved. And that being, of course, Barbara and Nightwing. And so, you know, everybody comes in for the attack. They are able to take uh, Clayface down. And, you know, they have a little bit of a heart to a heart to heart. And this goes, this coincides with the death of Gordon that we had read previously because, you know, Barbara here, you know, Oracle is talking about these moments of like, you know, because they're going through old photo albums like on a projector. And she's saying like in a week or two, in a month or a week or two or even a day, like any moment now, these could be my last memories with you too. And it, it's another feels moment and you're just like, oh, this is this is too much. I, I, I love these characters so much and it's just hurting me. Uh that they are going through like these types of things. And he, he says, he's like, I never wished for this to happen. Um, I never wanted to leave you. And he says, whatever happens, remember that I'm going to be there, you know, when your time comes. And it's, it's, it's a weird moment. Cause I mean, I think Gordon and Barbara are really the only two that have talked about something like the afterlife and like just the words that he is saying, it just, it, it holds a lot of weight and I love it. I really, really do. And it ends with like a picture on the projector with Gordon and Barbara, you know, really young, they're married or whatever. And then it shows Oracle and Gordon embracing in a hug. So really, really good. And the last few pages of the annual talk about how, uh, Superman gave Sinestro and Hal Jordan a mission to look for this thing called the, what is it called? The UR Forge. And it's like this really big thing 
that the Guardians have been looking for, like, for plenty of years or whatever. And they're able to find it, and Sinestro immediately destroys it. And he's, like, basically, you know, coming to the fact that, like, Jordan, I know that you were afraid of the Guardians having it, you were afraid of me having it, and you are afraid of Superman having it. This way, nobody has it. And, you know, throughout this story, they do talk about their old relationship, about how well they were uh, as a team, and how now, you know, Hal doesn't really trust him. This, of course, also takes place before Hal is a Yellow Lantern. He is still a Green Lantern at this point. And... I mean, this was pretty good. Um, I kind of wish I knew what was the big point of this Forge thing. Uh, I know that it was created by the Weaponers. But at the very end, when they confront Superman, Superman's pissed at first, but then he's like, you know what? This is the best course of action. Now nobody has it, and Earth is safe. And yeah, that is it for the Friday show. Um, Almost clocked it in at an hour. Uh, like I said before, thank you so much for listening to this podcast. Please press that subscribe button. Please share the episode. I'm still looking for uh, that one uh, listener per month uh, to subscribe and you know build up this this base. I would really love uh, to have some feedback as well. You know you can find me at Twitter and on Instagram at uh, Fanboy Clay. You can also find me uh, via email. Uh, you can, you know, tell me how much I suck on the podcast, you know, you know, give me some advice or, you know, just talk about the books that we are talking about. And I can put it here on the uh, on the show as well. Um, that is going to be at fanboy comics podcast uh, at gmail.com. Or if you guys are familiar with Anchor, uh, you can voicemail me on anchor as well so just send it to me and i will put it on the show as well and respond that should be really really fun but uh but yeah thank you so much for listening and i will catch you guys tomorrow for the shonen jump show all right see you guys later